Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Our guest today is Chris Casper, founder and CEO of Techless, a different kind of tech company that is helping people understand how powerful technology is and how to manage it in ways that are healthy and wise. In our conversation, Chris shares some of the dangers he is seeing in the tech space, especially around smartphones, and some positive tips and insights for engaging technology and screens with confidence and balance. Technology does not have to rob your family of deep, vibrant relationships. To learn more about Techless and their amazing wise phone, visit techless.com. And if you'd like to get $40 off the purchase of a wise phone, use promo code BEBROKEN40 all one word when you check out for more resources visit bebroken.com or check out links in today's show notes and please rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it now let's dive into this great conversation with chris well all right chris casper welcome i'm so glad to be here thanks for having me yeah well we are going to be trying to encourage and help parents today who have kids who are trying to navigate this increasingly sex-saturated world, this increasingly just tech-savvy world. And I wanted to bring you on because uh, this is the space that you live in. And so why don't you first just share with our listeners a, a little bit about who you are and a little bit about the organization that you run. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Um, and I'm passionate about the parenting thing. I mean, that was kind of the catalyst for what I'm doing right now. So let I'm excited to dive in. So yeah, uh, my name is Chris Gasper. I'm the founder of Techless. We're an early stage tech startup. Um, we make a simple phone that's safe for kids, but we're really working to try to help define what healthy technology looks like, you know, from God's perspective, big picture. But I've got four daughters, six and under, so not quite in the tech uh, I haven't had to make these hard decisions yet with them, but I've had foster kids in the past. And so I've navigated some of these waters with the foster kids. Yeah. So why don't you kind of, let's start first by just maybe trying to give parents kind of the lay of the land. What's the landscape that you're seeing out there and where are some of the the major pitfalls or challenges that parents are facing when it comes to trying to help their kids understand technology, engage with it, and and all that's related to even the dangers that are online. Yeah, yeah. And, and first, I want to say I am not a fear monger. I do not want to like paint this abysmal picture of the world as doom and gloom. I mean, I actually worked for a television show that was like apocalyptic, the world's going to end back in the day. And it just, that rubs me the wrong way. But I got to say, 
I, I've spent the last three years really diving in critically and looking at technology and I'm, it is, it's pretty dismal. Honestly, there is some hope. There is some good, there are some good options that are coming to the market that haven't been there in a while, but really the people, the gatekeepers, the people that are making our technology right now, don't know the Lord don't have moral stances on things. And as a result, I, I've become aware of just thousands of design assumptions that add up to this environment that we get saturated in and soaked in that's really hostile to our beliefs. Um, and the more you look at it more critically, the more you realize we're, we're in trouble on some levels. So. so it's probably important. Would you say it's important then for parents to recognize that when it comes to just about any piece of technology that's out there, especially that's run by the the big tech companies, that you are a faceless number that has a dollar sign on you. Would that be a safe assumption to make? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, and just to give you, a, I mean, this is funny, but by default, people are called users. These organizations right. say, oh, we have 10 million users, okay? Well, if you think about the phrase user, there's only two industries that use that phrase to describe their customer base. And one is technology and two is narcotics. That's it. And I mean, if you think about what tech is and why it's here, I mean, so much of it is free. I mean, Google doesn't cost you anything to search for stuff, but there is a cost. And the reality is, is that it's using you on so many levels. And so our tech is in, in nature, just antagonistic to what we want to accomplish. So yeah, you're, you're a number, you're a advertising eyeballs, um, driving behavior. It's very depersonalized. So let's talk specifically about probably the single most popular device that parents are going to have to help their kids navigate. And that is the smartphone, right? Just mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a piece of technology that's ubiquitous now in our culture. So how would you help parents begin to even enter into strategizing or d determining how are we going to do deal with this within our own family and with our own relationship with our kids? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and just so you guys know, I, I, this is the catalyst that drove me to do what I'm doing now is asking that question is like, how do I navigate smartphone world? Because I had 10 and 13 year old foster daughters and CPS dropped them off at our house and said, don't trust them near anything that looks like a phone. They've already abused it. They can't use this device. And I was stuck in this place of like, wow, we have new new kids. We don't want to be these jerks. We don't want to be these Luddites, the stick in the mud parents and just say, no, you can't have this thing. But at the same time, you look around and there weren't a lot of good options. Um, and so that asking that critical question is half the journey, I'd guess. Um, and then and then navigating the waters, I'd say, you know, I, I think there's a one of the people that I follow regarding parenting philosophies, Dr. Tim Kimmel, he's wrote, uh, you know, grace-based parenting, a handful of books, but he has this, uh, chart where it says, you know, when you have an infant, they're fully dependent on you. You know, they, they literally die without mom for four hours, um, all the way up to you release a kid into the world at age 18 in a sense, and they need to be somewhat self-sufficient or independent. And there's this line between one and then the other as far as releasing control and technology and so when it comes to technology there's so much power in a smartphone i mean it's like a million dollars so ask yourself how can i teach my kid or train my kid to slowly incrementally give them this power in a way that it doesn't destroy them 
Yeah, you know, you mentioned Tim Kimmel. I have to tell this real quick story. I actually, uh, I actually heard him twenty years before he wrote Grace Based Parenting, and wow. he had uh, at that point in time, I think he'd just written the book Little House on the Freeway. And it was Great because because yep. we were at a little conference that he was doing, and all his kids were really, really tiny, probably about the ages that yours were. They were really young, and um, I found it interesting how many answers he had at that point. And then twenty years later, he writes Grace Based Parenting. So you know, when we're all on this parenting journey, we discover along the way that hey, we we gather more questions and we embrace grace more the longer we're mm. on this journey. So I think that's important for parents to hear too. It's like you can have great parenting answers and solutions early on when the challenges aren't don't seem quite as big. And then <laughs> once your kids are all grown, you realize, man, I didn't know half of what I didn't know. So let's just let's just give these parents that are listening some grace. How would you help mm. them to enter into the, all of what we're talking about here with a sense of hope and maybe even confidence rather than typically the fear that tends to grip parents when they start thinking about technology. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I mean, that's what I want to do is instill hope and, and create an assemblance of path. And, and so just asking critical questions is half the battle. So if you can look at things and look at something and say, Hey, how is this affecting me? How is this affecting my kids? You're, you're, 10 steps ahead. I mean, you're years ahead of, I mean, my, my personal theory is that people are going to look at smartphones as we see them now in the same way that we look at fast food and we look at cigarettes. Like they are bad for us. Like there will be government warnings <laughs> dictated on smartphone usage in 20 years from now. Um, and so if you just recognize that and ask questions about what are systemic changes that I can make in my house for myself, for my kids, and you have a mild degree of intentionality, you're, you're going to be so much further ahead than people that just take anything and everything that's given to them. So I don't know if that's the hopeful message enough, but yeah. And let's drill into that a little bit. Let's get practical. What are some of the specific dangers around smartphones that would require there being a warning label on there? Yeah, I, I mean, and it gets it gets complicated real quick. Um, just straight up screen time usage. I mean, just the mere presence of a phone, because the way that phones are made and the attention that they require suck away brain power. I mean, there's this. I'm not a big statistic guy, but there's this. I'm reading studies all the time. There was this one study that I can never forget. They had two groups of people. One group that had a phone powered off in the room, and another group that had the phone powered off out of the room, and they took a standardized test. And same, same groups. And the ones that had the phone in the room with them did 30% worse on the standardized test because it just literally, its presence and how much we use it, it was part of their thinking. It affected the way that they think critically. And so just... So it's like yeah, automatically I mean, a distraction for us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, every, everything on the phone for the most part is designed to suck us out of real life into... Uh, digital world. Um, and that digital world is, it, it deprecates relationship and it takes us to more superficial places and less ab more abstract, less meaningful interactions. Um, and so, yeah, it, it just, it numbs us in a sense. That's the best word really. Mm -hmm. So how would you help parents to start to think critically about phone usage and, and uh, tech time in their, yeah, in so, their homes? Yeah, I mean, look at your phone and imagine a million dollars. 
Um, and you know, if you think about, okay, I would give my kid, my six-year-old, how, how much money would I give them that's good for them to be healthy? How much power would I give them? Um, how about my 12-year-old? How about my 16-year-old? And think about Dave Ramsey and all the curriculum he has and all the financial literacy and training and tech and tools and engage in conversations with kids in the same way that you would with a million dollars financially. Spend the same amount of time with them on that. And so navigate those waters of, hey, here's your first phone. It's locked down. All it can do is call. That's it. <laughs> um, and then and then when you turn a certain age, maybe we can add texting. And guess what? Mom and dad are going to keep checking. And there's tons of you know tech family agreements that you can find online to sign that have some good boundaries and level setting expectations. But um, but just thinking of it as just raw power and how that can hurt is a very good lens to filter your daily decisions through. So I know that our, our audience would be curious for me to ask this question because we never have a guest on here that we don't eventually probe personally. So I know you mentioned, listen, you've got these daughters that are all six and under, um, but obviously you live in this space where you're thinking about these things all the time. How are you going to approach this with your own kids? Like, what does that look like in your own home? What's the, what's the strategy or the plan that you have moving forward with your own girls when it comes to issues of phones and iPads or screen time or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm not going to say this to be prescriptive, but this is what I do, right? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, we're disclaimer here. We know that whenever we're asking somebody from their personal life, yeah, this is you yeah. personally. We're not saying I, that this is the way to do anything. We're just saying this. I'm asking how you're approaching this personally. Yeah, totally. I mean, for us, like my, we have almost no screen time. Like my kids cannot touch mom and dad's phone off limits. Like that's like instant disciplinary action and they know it. And, and so that's, that's a no go. Um, so it's zero screen time for the kids. Um, you know, it's easy to give them an iPad and let them check out. It's hard to engage them. But as a result, they have increased focus. I mean, they can sit and read a book for an hour. Like, that's crazy, you know? Um, and so as time goes on, you know, eventually, maybe when they're old enough to where they might need a phone, guess what? I'm giving them a phone and all it does is call, not even text, and then introduce texting. And then we're going to introduce, um, but I'll, I'll say there's some hard lines of things that we will never want in their pocket. I'm never going to allow them to have... Um, all you can eat media. Uh, I mean, really just any social media content, solo entertainment. And I say solo, meaning by themselves, like I sitting on a screen and play for hours. Um, just that's sort of our family philosophy and not that that's necessarily evil. Um, but if you want to do that, you have to go somewhere other than your phone to sit down and check into that stuff. You have to sit down on the couch and turn on a TV to watch a movie, and it's not just there available with you constantly. So we're kind of making intentional boring times and seasons and moments, and they have this capacity to, to think in those boring moments that is really healthy. Yeah. And what I hear you saying, and I think this is where the rubber meets the road, is it's a requirement of really analyzing one's value system, right? Because you're determining with your time in any given day, what do I value in terms of what I'm going to spend my time doing? How would you encourage parents who may feel like, oh my goodness, media, screen time, phones, it's out of control in our home. How could we possibly mm. ever rein this back in? Can you speak to the parents out there that are feeling like we've already blown it? 
how on earth can yeah. we possibly shift the paradigm at this point? Yeah. I mean, first of all, there is hope you can do it. Um, and just, I would just say start like, I mean, taking little steps, you know, and there's a cost. I mean, kids won't like it to begin with. Um, but start working on it and start paying the cost. I mean, the cost to you as a parent is I'm going to have a real grumpy kid for a month because I'm cutting back their screen time and they don't get their iPad whenever they want, you know, whatever that looks like. But I think cling to the hope of what could be um, and that let that be your vision and then work towards incrementally, you know, doing what needs to be done to, because you're in a sense, I, I don't know, here's an example for me. I hate making my bed. Growing up, my mom, like it was like this constant fight back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I, she just threw in the towel. She gave up and I just don't make my bed. To this day, I don't make my bed. I should. I'm a grown man. I should make my bed. But that little battle was actually symbolic of something so much bigger. It's discipline, actually, daily disciplines. And I lost the struggle personally with my parents helping me with daily discipline. And retrospect, as an adult, I wish that my mom and dad had loved me enough to just suck it up and done the hard work to make me do the daily disciplines that I needed to do. I mean, there's scripture about that, um, that this is their role as parents. And so, you know, 30 years from now, what are your kids going to think about how you love them or took the lazy way out? Um, and, and are they going to have regret about, about how you handled this? And so think about 20 years from now, 30 years from now, uh, who do you want them to be? And I promise you that these kids are going to be so grateful if you help them to a better path, even though they may not like it today. That's really good. And there's a couple of things I want to focus on in that, because on the one hand, um, there's work that the parents are going to have to do. Um, and mm -hmm. on the other hand, there's also the way the kids are going to have to respond and the work they're going to have to do. Can we talk for just a little bit about the reality that this is this is maybe going to be a very challenging, difficult adjustment for the parents. We sometimes just assume, hey, because parents want the best for their kids, that they're just going to gleefully and naturally and with all the energy <laughs> in the world engage these things. Talk to the parent out there that's honestly scared about changing their own lifestyle in order to actually serve yeah. their kids. No, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, anything meaningful is hard. And that's the sacrifice. That's the cost that technology sells us, actually. If you think about what big tech sells, they sell convenience, knowledge at the tip of your fingers. I mean, all of these things are enticing. They're easy. They're actually lazy. And so choosing to step into something that's very difficult, very messy. I mean, that's courageous. That's hard. I mean, that's that's the biblical mandate for us as parents. So I I, I can, I'm overwhelmed with you, you know, <laughs> but just take, take steps. Well, let's, and let's try to get practical on this because I also think about, yeah. you know, one of the things that I tell my kids all the time, especially when it comes to the issue of time, right? Time is a limited mm -hmm. resource. Um, there's literally the same number of hours in a day, every day. And so we talk all the time about trade-offs. Like mm -hmm. if you're going, if you've got this much time and you're going to add something in, but you've already got that time filled, something has to come out of there. There has to be a trade-off. So can we talk yes. about some practical activities that would be part of the trade-off? Because here's what's going to happen, right? You're saying for that family out there that maybe feels like we've already filled all our time with screen time. And now yep. we're going to say, you know what, we're going to cut back on that or eliminate that. 
what are some practical things then that those family members can do, those parents with their kids as positive activities rather than what they were doing before with all the isolated screen time? Yeah. And that's great. And honestly, that's, that's the secret. If you don't have that trade-off, then it's just going to flop. So <laughs> great question. That's really what you have to focus on. Um, uh, so things we do, I mean, we started building in routines of screen-free time where we focus on relationships. So anything from donut dates to no phones during dinner time to family fun night. I mean, I, I, I have this thing Sunday nights, I wear a top hat and we have this disposable camera and I pop out and say, it's family fun night. And we do some activity, some board game or something like that. And it's crazy and the girls love it. And But, but we have tried to replace that with fun, interesting things where we're creating. That's, I think there's a huge piece in creating as individuals or as a family. I mean, giving a kid something to draw a picture is totally different than them sitting and consuming. Um, and so that bifurcation of consumption versus creation is a huge one. And, and actually, interestingly, the neuroscience between the two is very similar. So when you're creating, that is trigger, triggering a lot of the same things as when you consume something that's very interesting. And so that's a good, easy transition. Yeah. You know, when you said that, one of the things that popped into my mind is, is like, it's the difference between, well, it made it, it made me think of, you're really, you're really choosing to make memories, you know, with your kids. And, and I just, I want to encourage parents out there because if you've never done that, if you've never had a family night, like, like Chris is talking about, or you've never done some of these kind of things, it will feel awkward at first, right? It'll feel like, learning to ride a bike or something. Um, what are some other things? Let's talk, let's talk, let's kind of move a little bit into what you specifically offer through Techless, especially with your wise phone and why that, why that is such a good alternative for parents to consider when they are talking about their kids getting to that age where they can get a phone, walk a parent through what you guys offer with your wise phone and then maybe some best practices that you encourage parents to, um, to engage in. Yeah, definitely. So we sell a phone, it's called wise phone. It's a plain and simple phone. It calls, it texts, it has a very few basic features, maps, clock, calculator, camera, but it doesn't have any social media any third-party apps, no advertisements, nothing you can get addicted to. So no access to sexually explicit material. In a sense, it's something that you can hand to the kid that's safe out of the box. Um, and we designed it for kids. We did a bunch of market research and kids don't like flip phones. They're shameful. So we made a smartphone, you know, a cool thing. And we I spent a lot of time. We had a guy from Apple help us design it and one of the top UX UI designers um, make this thing. But interestingly enough, adults are the ones that ended up being, I think 80% of our sales are to adults because it's so cool and sophisticated. But I think at the end of the day, what we're really trying to do with WiseFone is we want to be the bad guys. We draw the boundaries around that technology and actually make it a little bit easier for you to just say, hey, here's your new phone. And they can go and hate us <laughs> um, on some levels, but it, it just has healthy boundaries around it and the restrictions are built in and there's no way to push past it. So you don't have kids saying, mom, can I have 10 more minutes of screen time? And and you've eliminated that tension between you and your kid. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, can you share with us a little bit of the, 
you know, responses that parents have, maybe how you've heard how parents are using it. What has it, have you heard stories of how it has enhanced relationship connections in families and just what, what would you share on that level? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say this wise phone is a pretty big jump, especially for people that are used to smartphones it's, it's very different. I mean, it's like a lifestyle change and we've had a lot of adults make that lifestyle change. Um, but it's not a simple jump. It's, it's pretty intensive transformationally though. So I would consider it like counseling as opposed to reading a book, a self-help book. You know, there's so many apps like screen time. Okay. That's like this little quick little thing that kind of monitors how much screen time you use. All the big tech are doing these little things. McDonald's even offers a salad on their menu, but when you go to McDonald's, what do you really order? A hamburger. Um, (laughs) But this, this is transformative. And I mean, I can say for me with our foster daughters, um, we had an experience where I gave them Alexa um, and that boundary, you know, there's a non-visual interface to the internet. They could use that device and we didn't have to argue with them over anything. And, and it was this really cool thing to trust them with it. And we had a great relationship because we gave them something. We could trust them with it. We didn't have to police it and they were empowered. Um, and so we've seen that over and over and over again. I mean, we have thousands of customers now, uh, of kids have what I would call just simpler technological relationships with their parents. Um, but the biggest changes have actually been in the parents that we've seen so far. Yeah. Are there any other kinds of just, um, uh, tips or techniques or anything that you would like to share with parents out there that maybe we haven't covered yet when it comes to the digital space and comes to some of these, what you mentioned is kind of like these, these big shifts that have to take place in order for, um, you know, families to, to move more into relational connections rather than digital ones. Yeah. So, so we started off the, actually before we hit the record button on this, uh, we prayed for relationships for the people listening. Um, that's your heart. That's my heart. That's what we care about. Um, and we started off this podcast, Hey, thinking critically about technology. And we have this framework that we at Techless really look at, and it's this hierarchy of ideal communication. And at the bottom you have digital, like a text message or an email, and then you have working your way up towards, uh, a phone call and then video calls and then face to face. And the further up that hierarchy you go, the less digital the interaction is, but the more it costs as well. Like it's harder to see someone face to face than it is to send a text message to them. And so if I was to leave people with something, it's like embrace the cost because there's genuine health. I mean, Jesus lived not using the technology of the day. He did not write things down. Um, even though he could have because, and he changed the world using only the highest level of that hierarchy. And so if we say, oh, I need to influence through social media or like, I mean, there's a lie that digital interactions enhance your power. Um, so just push towards face-to-face, push towards deep relationship and digital interactions are a distraction to that. Well, and I would almost, as you were kind of giving that example there, it made me think of, there is a there's kind of a good, better, best scale to what you're talking about there. Cause I didn't hear you say, Hey, you know what? Um, text messages are evil. No, <laughs> you know definitely I mean? not. It's a hierarchy of, of what is ultimately the best in terms mm-hmm. of those, making, building those connections. And I love the fact that you said count the cost because that's literally what Jesus said 
to us, his followers, count the cost, you know, in the sense of like, you know, take up your cross daily, deny yourself and follow me. There is a sense in which there's a cost to the, the depth of that personal relationship. And, you know, I think for parents out there, uh, it is important to actually say, what is the cost that I'm willing to pay for a deep dynamic relationship with my children? And I, Chris, I really, really loved what you said earlier about trying to think 20 to 30 years ahead, because I don't think we do that much in our culture to say, hey, 20 or 30 years from now, what do what do I hope that my children remember about their childhood? What do I hope that they will remember about our relationship at this stage in life? And so I really, really like that because. Uh, this isn't about shaming any parents. This isn't about, you know, laying on the guilt, but it is about saying you you get a very short window in terms of having your kids as children in your home. At some point, as I'm learning right now in this season of life, they fly, they fly away and they grow up. So as we wrap up here, Chris, um, share with our listeners where they can go to learn more about what you guys offer in the wise phone and just resources. Yeah. So I'm not promotional by nature, but yeah, we sell wise phone. It's a basic phone. You just buy it. It costs $399. It's at techless.com or if you just Google the phrase wise phone um, and you can reach out with it if you have any questions. Um, But it's just a plain and simple tool but it's not the solution you're the solution <laughs> so and, and and a relationship with god is the solution to everything that we're talking about here yeah well you may not be promotional but i am and i'm we're absolutely going to put all that information in our show notes because we want people to get this phone because um uh you know you're absolutely right in the sense that the the parents are really the key here in terms of being relational with their kids but mm-hmm. um we also want to be able to equip them with really good tools. And I really think, I, I personally think what you guys are offering is a phenomenal tool to help to facilitate the relational bond between parents and their kids without the distraction that um, certain technology can, can have. So Chris, thank you so much for being willing to kind of take a bold move a few years ago in terms of of launching Techless and really wanting to get into this space where you could start to change the conversation in the tech world and could start to maybe change some outcomes for some families. I'm praying and hoping that what you guys are doing is going to positively transform um, family trees for generations because I think it is that important. I agree with you that there are dangers to some of this technology that we will not understand the full ramifications of it for another 10 to 20 years. And so the more we can provide opportunities for for parents and families to engage healthy relationships, we want to do that. So thanks for being with us, Chris. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for the questions. I'm grateful for the time. Yeah. Listeners, we're going to put all that information in the show notes. We definitely want you to be able to get good tools in your hands. And this is one really critical tool that we think is going to help you to really form deeper relationships without the distraction of uh, a smartphone. So 
look for that in the show notes. And if you'd like more help just in your own personal journey of trying to shift this paradigm uh, for your own ways in which you're engaging technology, please reach out to us. We'd love to help you and look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.